right? I'm excited. I've been having this word on the inside for a couple of weeks, and the opposition that I got to bring this word was incredible. To even the fact that if you hear me, I'm a little nasally. I had to fight against that because, you know, the enemy's trying to give some sickness, but I sent that back to the, send, to the sender, right? I ain't receiving that, so let's go forward. So last week, Pastor Jose started a series called Soul Sessions, right? And if you start feeling like you're falling asleep or it's too dim, we could put the air on a little cooler. We could turn on the lights really bright. Come on, wake your bodies up and ready to receive, okay? Well, last week he started this, this series called Soul Sessions, and, and he was talking about um, meditation, med- meditating on the Word. And he talked about the soul, and the soul is the part of you that needs renewing. It's that part of you that... that, that that mind, you know, this mind that we have, the will that we have, and our emotions. <coughs> Excuse me. And he, he, said, he started saying that the, that's the part of you that needs to be renewed, reminded of the word daily. Um, Third John 1, uh, 2, he started with this scripture. He said, beloved. Now, how many of you are beloved here? All right, good, because I like feedback when, I, when I'm preaching, okay? I want to preach to some empty chairs. I know there's people there. So, beloved, that's me. Say, that's me. Come on, that's me. I pray that you prosper. Now, how many of you want to prosper? That's it? (laughs) Right? We all want to prosper. And that word means, you know, to have all sufficiency in everything. He says, prosper in all things, in everything you set your hands to, everything that you do, because we're doing it unto the Lord, right? He says, and be in health. Does he want us sick? Oh, that was weak. Does he want us sick? Absolutely not. So, and be in health. But, but look at the key. Just as your what? As your soul prospers. That mind, will, and emotions, okay? All right? And then we learned that, really, that God really wants us to prosper. But how are we going to do it? By what we imagine, plan, and think upon. Joshua 1.8, one of my favorite scriptures. Love this. And something that I remind myself of often. I mean, I should be doing it daily, but I do it often. It says this. This book of the law, meaning this word, right? shall not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, it says something there. There's a word there. For then who? Wait, wait, only two people. For then who? Okay, for then you will make what? Wait, wait, who's going to make your way prosperous? Me? You. You. Right? Come on, let, let's do the, the word is right there. Then you will make your way prosperous. And then who will have good success? Which is who? Which is me. Exactly. See, oh, you got to like this. Okay. So then we're going to continue in this series. And Lord gave me this word a couple of weeks ago, and I've been meditating on it, and I've been just chewing on it. And this soul session that we're going to, to, to do today is the message is called, what do you believe in? What are you adhering to? And who am you relying on? What you believe in, adhere to, and rely on. So let's start with, what do you believe in? Because everybody believes in something, correct? correct? All right, oh, come on, I can need some feedback. Everybody believes in something. There's a belief system in this fallen world that we're all born into. There's a system, right? And we can see the effects of it. There's lack, there's poverty, there's sickness, there's disease, there's mental illness, all the things in this world. That system does not work. Okay, but we were all born into it. But once you receive Christ, anybody received Christ here? Anybody that's your savior, your king? Exactly. Okay, good. 
Everything changed. That old system is still here. It's operating. But guess what? Something happened. Something awesome happened on the inside of you. Things changed. Now, if you want to know what that change is, let's go to um, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now, these are some scriptures that some of you already know. You go, I know this, Pastor, but do you really know it? Do we really know? We were talking that yesterday I was at the Connect Group, and we were like, you know, we were talking about this and saying, you know, so many people have so much head knowledge, have so much knowledge, but no sense. They ain't using it. What's the, what's the point of having all this work? What's the point of having all the knowledge and not applying it to our lives? So 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. All things... Now, we're going to look at what those old things are. Have passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. New. Okay? So, what is this talking about? Your spirit became alive. Now, when I teach this to the teens upstairs, I know sometimes you guys hear us. What I tell them is like, you know that show, The Walking Dead? I know some of you watch The Walking Dead, right? It's up to like season 59 right now, right? <laughs> They're about to come back. A war is about to happen. Everybody's excited, waiting for the walking. But you were like the walking dead. You were walking around. You were functioning, but you were dead, right? I tell that to teens all the time. And then something happened when, when Christ, when you received Christ. You were reborn. You were reborn. And sometimes we overlook that. Man, I was re- Yes, you were reborn. You were made new in Christ. Now, your soul, which is that mind, will, and emotions, man, that's the part of you that needs to be renewed. That's the part that wasn't renewed. That's the part that wants what it wants, when it wants it, how it wants it. That's the part that has the temper tantrums. That's the part of you that is like, I ain't doing that. I don't care what they say. I ain't giving to Puerto Rico. I don't even live in Puerto Rico. All right? Come on, let's be real. See, I keep it real. I keep it real. <laughs> Sorry. I may be in your business, just a disclaimer, but it's okay. All right? I'm not giving to that. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to that church. I'm not doing that project. I'm not serving. I'm not. That's the part of you that needs to be renewed. See, that other part of you, that spirit side of you is like, yes, I want to do everything for God. I love God. He's my very bit, my, my best, right? But that other part of you is the one that has to keep, we have to keep telling it, stop it, stop it, stop it, right? It's the one that looks bad at someone, the one that gives the dirty look, okay? It's a part of you that has to now learn the new system you were reborn into. This is what Jesus came to do, Um, and he told people on various occasions, and I want to look at this scripture, because sometimes we look at this and we forget how this applies to us. So everybody go to Luke 4. Go to Luke 4. I'm going to start at verse 14. And listen, if you have a Bible, write it, you know, highlight it, go back to it today, go back and look at this word, go back and see what the Bible is saying to you, okay? So Luke 4 is on the screen, but if you have your Bible, just read it with me, something about having the Bible and just reading it that I like. It says, and Jesus returned in power. Everybody say power. power. See, we're not serving a powerless God. He came in power of the, um, of the spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And, and as, oh, I'm sorry, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. Now, I can just, listen, when I read the Bible, it becomes alive in my mind. Anybody else? I don't read it just like, I'm like, okay, so I see Jesus. He walks in, right? 
Now, some of you may see Jesus as, I look at Jesus, like, and I, the teens and I have a conversation about this all the time. We see Jesus as this awesome buff, like, yeah, you know, coming in, and, you know, that, that's how I envision him. <laughs> but the Bible, you know, says that he, that they didn't even want to look, nothing to look at, but he walks in, and when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And this is what it said, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then, now I can imagine Jesus, right? He takes the book, closed it, right? And gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, when I read that, I imagine that, and I imagine like a drop a mic moment. Boom! He walks off. And everybody's looking at him like, Whoa! What did he just say, right? <laughs> Today, I want, I want you to think about it. What was he saying? Could this be some of the old things that have passed away that he talked that was talked about in 2 Corinthians 5:17? Because how does this um, word apply to you? He spoke in authority. He declared something so important to them and something that was said long before he came. Because this was something that the prophet Isaiah had said. Now let's go to Isaiah 61, because I want to show you what that one says. Now this is before Jesus. Come on, I'm gonna take you on a journey here, okay? So Isaiah 61, sometimes we, you know, we forget that the Bible interprets the Bible. We, we got to look in the old, it reveals the new, it shows us things to come, all right? So Isaiah 61, 1, 2, 3 says this, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Now this is a prophet Isaiah prophesying, speaking this, okay? Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now we read that and you go, how does this apply to me? Well, the prophecy back then was talking about what Jesus was going to do. Now let's look back, let's break down Luke 4, so I'm going to show you how this applies to you. So if we go back to Luke 4, 18 and 19, it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. First thing we see here is that the spirit was upon him. He was anointed. He was on a mission. This was Jesus' mission. This was Jesus' call. This is what Jesus came to do for you and I. Okay, we can't forget that. Now, why was he sent is the bigger picture. Why? Why, why, why did God send him? Because things were about to change. See, I look at this sometimes, and people always looking at what they don't have and forget to look at what we have. What we have right standing in front of us right now is Christ. Right? So he says, to preach he came, what to do? To preach the gospel to the poor. Now, when we look at that, there's a couple of words that we see. We see gospel, and then we see poor. And then you read it and you go, okay, he preached the gospel to the poor. You think just the poor people. You think people that are lacking. And poor is lacking. But let's break that down. What was the gospel? It was the good news. The good news of the kingdom of God. And if you want to find that out and where it says that, it says that in Mark 1, 14 and 15. I didn't put it up, but you guys could look it up. 
And it talked about Jesus' death on the cross, resurrection to restore people um, into right relationship with God. So he's preaching, listen, I've come. This is what I came to do. And he's telling it to the poor. Now, like, again, like when, I, when I think of poor, when we think of poor, we just think of people lacking finances, lacking resources. But it's, it's more than that. Because at one point, everybody, we were poor. We were poor in spirit. We were lacking something. And I hope today that you're not lacking. So he was preaching not only to them, but guess what? When we read this, he's speaking to us. We were the poor. He says, I, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Anybody ever been brokenhearted here? Come on, broken. I'm not talking about just, uh, I'm talking about your face on the floor, brokenhearted, eyes crying, snot coming out, you're slammed down on the floor. Jesus, I don't know what to do. I have no hope. My life is over. I don't see a way out, brokenhearted. Come on. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. And he said, he has sent me, God has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That means that there's healing for those that are broken. When I think of something broken, something torn apart, I remember back, you know, before when I was a youth and my, my parents, you know, fighting and, and they were divorced. And, and on my birthday, nevertheless, I found that out years ago. And my parents were divorced and, and, and seeing a split home. And, and I share this with the youth all the time, having to go one weekend with one parent and having to go another weekend with another parent and not having a parent. After I became a teenager, my dad just, you know, I love him. But for whatever reason, you know, he just stepped aside and did whatever and, and we were left alone, so we thought. But I thank God because he always provides. And what we didn't get from, what, from that situation, God, you know, we were brokenhearted. And we were angry as children. And some of you teenagers sometimes, you're angry at what you see. You're angry at seeing your parents fighting. You're angry at seeing the brokenness in your home. But I'm here to tell you that God has come to heal that broken home. To heal the brokenhearted. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. I used to cling on to this. He rescued those whose spirits are crushed. Thank God we have a God. <laughs> Thank God we have a God who sees the brokenness and wants to heal it. He came to proclaim liberty to the captives. Huh. When we think of captives, we probably think of people in prison, but we yet we forget that sometimes we're in a prison. The mindset. See, we're talking about the soul here. We're talking about our mind, will, and emotions, and sometimes that is worse than being in prison. Right? Because sometimes you have to, well, not sometimes, all the time, those thoughts can take you so captive. Those thoughts take you to a place, such an ugly place, a place where, you know, you don't want to be at, but you continue finding yourself there. I wrote this down. There's a mindset that if you, don't not, if you don't deal with it, it keeps you locked like a prisoner. It keeps you paralyzed. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to keep your mindset that way. But thank God for the Lord. John 8, 36 says this. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. How are we going to be set free? How are we going to be set free? The meditation. What is the meditation of your heart? Are you meditating on what you don't have? Are you meditating on the problem? Or are you meditating on the solution? Are you meditating on the word that sets you free? This is truth. 
I don't know there's a lot of things out there. Listen, I personally do not listen. I don't go to any seminars. I don't go. If they are not Christ, Bible-based, I, I, I don't listen to it. Not on TV, not out there. I don't care. You could be the best speaker of, I don't, I don't. If you are not speaking to me the word of God in truth, there's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can add to me. This is what's going to set me free. Not your philosophies, not your empty promises, not the word. This is what's going to set me free, and this is what I need. So he came to proclaim liberty to the captives. Come on, are you captive? Let's be honest. Let's take an inventory today. Or is there an area in your life where you're captive? Is there an area, is there a thought that keeps you, no, uh, I, I can't get out of that, or uh, look at me. You know, there's words that we say sometimes. Be careful what you speak. Be careful what you say. And he says, and recovery of sight to the blind. Now, when we look at that, we automatically think of the blind. But this is beyond the blind. <laughs> this is those having eyes but cannot see. There are people sitting in churches today that are, have eyes, yet they cannot see. What can't they see? They can't see the truth of the word. Spiritual blindness, I like to call it, right? You know, I remember when, when we were growing up and God drew us. Because let me say, the Holy Spirit is the one that draws you to the Lord. I wasn't looking for him. Now, I loved going, like I said, I used to love going to church to eat candy. I'm be honest, right? and hang out with my friends. I was young, but there was something drawing me, something, something drawing me to God, and it wasn't me. It wasn't I that was choosing it, and there was a blindness there that I didn't know I had, and then one day, I'll never forget that day, my eyes were open to truth, and that's the day my life changed forever. It was a day where, you know, it was a working, it's journey where I had to stop being angry at my dad. I had to stop being angry at things going on in the house. I had to stop being angry and I had to start living through this word. It's the day that my life changed. Is today the day that your life changed? Is today the day where you're going to stop looking back, stop being blind and start allowing the Lord to open up your eyes to see? 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says this, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Underline that word there, knowledge. That's what we need, ladies and gentlemen, is knowledge of what he has done. That's what's going to cure spiritual blindness. That's what's going to open up your eyes to see and say, wow, this is what the Lord has done. And it's knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Okay? So he came to set us free. He came to, to um, open up our eyes. He came to set at liberty those who were oppressed. And anybody ever been oppressed? Come on. Treated unfairly, afflicted, torn down. But this is what Jesus did for you. Look at Isaiah 53, 7. One of my favorite scriptures. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was like a lamb to the slaughter. A sheep is silent before, like a sheep that was silent before the shearers. He did not open up his mouth. Jesus understood what it meant and understood what it was to be oppressed. 
He understood what it was. That's why we have such a passion here to serve and to help those that find themselves in a position of being oppressed. This is why I don't go with the garbage of this world that divides the races. I don't, I don't whether white, black, Spanish, green, yellow, purple, I don't, I don't buy into none of that. They, they say one thing on one side. They say oppressing everybody that comes along and lines up with that. See, you have to be careful. You have to be careful what you're listening to, and you have to be careful what you're allowing in. I don't let none of that garbage in. The moment I hear it, you know what I do? I say, nah, nah, wrong answer, goodbye. Because you can easily get caught up. You can easily start looking at your color, your skin. You start looking at your gender. You start looking at what they say. Listen, no one can tell you, no one has power over you unless you give them the power. No one's going to dictate how my children are going to live in this world because we, the last time I checked, we're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. I do not operate out of this world system. Come on. Break those mindsets that's keeping you bound. Who said that? Who, who, the enemy said that. He's the one. Why are we looking at each other? And, and I pick on that subject because it seems to be so rampant right now. I hate it. And I say that with a capital double H. Hate it. I hate the thoughts. I hate those, those mindsets that it brings division. And not only that, but it's seeping within churches. Oh, well, you know, if we don't go to this church or, or we don't, this is this denomination or this color has to act this way and this, you know, no, let's break that. Last time I checked, we're one body under Christ. He's the head. We're following after him. If the church is not the beacon, if we're not the ones doing something differently and speaking differently, how else is the world going to do it? How else are they? They don't have the answers. We have the answer. Our answer is Christ. You know what? Maybe what we should say, Holy Spirit, I just, well, thank you. Every time they ask me, well, what nationality are you? I'm the nationality of Jesus. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from Jesus. <laughs> Jesus' blood runs through my veins. That's my color, Jesus. That's who I am, is Jesus. That's the answer we need, Jesus. I'm not white, I'm not black, I'm not Puerto Rican, I'm not, I'm Jesus. That's who I am. I used to do that when people ask me, what's your sign, Jesus? They looked at me like, Jesus, I ain't got no sign, I don't believe in that garbage. Scorpio, Sagittarius, I was like, last time I checked, I'm a woman, I'm not a, Right? And, I, and people think I'm radical, but I answer people like that. What's your sign, Jesus? I did that all through high school. These are getting mad at me. You're not Jesus. Oh, yes, I am. Read the book. He's in me. I'm him. He's mine. I'm him. That's We're together. I'm Jesus. <laughs> oh, stop. You have to. Come on, speak out of the mouth. Don't be shy. <laughs> Listen. What do we see here in the scripture? Brokenness, being captive, being spiritually blind, being oppressed. That was part of the old system. We can't buy into that anymore. I am no longer, I am no longer broken. I am not stressed. I am not a captive. You see the declaration? You have to start speaking to yourself. And in the, whatever area, God, see, be bold. I go to the mirror. I'm saying, girl, you stop it right now. Whatever area right now that you're captive, you need to let the word of God have entrance in that area to set you free. Not holding back on anything. Many people want change, but they think it's going to come from an outside entity. It's going to come from an outside source. Listen, it comes from Christ. And then, you know, here's Jesus saying, this is what I came to do. I, this is what I came to do for you. I came here. I'm the one that's fulfilling this right now. And this is what the people said. 
in Luke 4:22. How can this be? Isn't that Joseph's son? It's the same thing that people do today. Question God. Same thing. How can how can he do this? He's just he's not here. I can't see him. He's not here with me. Let me ask you this. Are you questioning? Are you questioning how can this be? Why are you trusting by faith? What do you believe? Come on, so I'm here to question you today. What do you believe? What are you adhering to? Now, as I was looking at this, there's some words that came to my mind, adhering. What are you clinging to or, who, or to whom you're clinging to? Come on, write this down. Please take notes. Who are you following? Come on. Are you following the crowd? Because it's easy, you know, to follow it. What's hard is going the opposite way. Who are you obeying? Are you obeying the word of the Lord or are you obeying people? Now, when I think about that word adhering, and I'm just going to go a little bit faster than what I have on my notes. This vision came into my mind, this little demonstration. And sometimes we adhere to things of our past. You know, we adhere to things that Jesus has set us free. He said, I came that you're to, for you to, to be set free. But the problem is that many of us don't know what we're free of, what, what's the new system. And sometimes we carry around guilt. Now, the Lord gave me this demonstration. And when we carry around guilt and we adhere to it, I thought of tape. You ever tried to take a box and put masking tape on it, whatever? Have you ever tried, you put it down, and when you put it down, you're like, oh, man, I put it on the wrong, and you try to rip it back up, what happens? What happens? Man, this sucker's not coming out. I could try. And this is what happens when we, when we cling on to things, when we cling on to guilt, when we cling on to pain. Everywhere we go, we're trying to get rid of it in our own strength, but what happens? It takes a piece of us, right? We cling on to the lack that we see in our lives, the lack of relationship, the lack of finances, the lack of resources. And every time we try to take it and we try to do it in our own strength, this is what we do. We're clinging on to it. Why are we clinging on to it? What are you adhering to? What are you believing? Do you not believe what he said? Some of you cling on to sickness. Some of you cling on to hurt. Like if it's yours, it's an old system that's done away with. He came to do it. But you hold on to this and you cling on to hurt and you take it with you everywhere. It's mine. It's my hurt. And Jesus came to set you free from that hurt. Because that hurt oppresses you. That hurt does nothing good for you. And you cling on to old things that Jesus said, let go of those old things. I want, I'm doing, uh, behold, a new thing in you. And we hold on to the old, the past. Why? Why? Because we're comfortable there. Because we're comfortable. Oh, I'm all over my notes now. Sorry, y'all, Luke. <laughs> Throughout all the books, we see his obedience. Come on, he tells us. We, we, we see that because of what he did, we're able to now to walk in this freedom. Man, I'm here, listen, I'm here to proclaim, forget my notes, I'm here to proclaim liberty to those that are captive here today. 
There are mindsets. The Lord showed me as we were worshiping. There are some of you in this room who are weary. You've been weary. You've been weary. You've been broken. You've been torn down because you're still believing the old system. It's time to let it go. Listen, it's time to hold on to God. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he that promises faithful. What is that saying? Hold fast means to keep firm, secure, possess this, hold on to this. I'm not holding on to hurt. I'm not holding on to pain. That is not mine. When Christ came, he said, I am fulfilling this today in you. Hold on. What's our confession? At one point in your life, you needed Christ. You realized, I need you, Jesus. And you confessed with your mouth. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this. Come on, let's put that up. Woo, Jesus. It said that, that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's what we need to be holding on to. What was the confession of your faith? What was the confession? Hold on to that, Lord, that you're faithful, God. I may not have all the details right now, Lord. I know what it looks like right now, Father. I know what my marriage looks like right now. Oh, I'm speaking here about Sikaranda. I know what my marriage looks like right now, Father. I know what my children look like right now, Father. But I'm holding on to the confession of faith that my, as of me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Somebody here, you've been praying for your son. God says, do not give up, hold on, trust the Lord. For no matter what it looks like, God says that he is with, I am his, he is mine, I am with him. You trust me, you confess God's word over him and allow, allow the Holy Spirit to operate in his life. Trust. Come on. It's time to let go of some things. Whom do you rely on? Who are you relying on? Listen, this is a wake-up call today. I want, to incur, I want you to leave out of here going, yeah, what am I believing? Yeah, what am I holding on to? What am I relying on? It reminds me of the story of the man by the pool. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Let me give you the backstory. There was a, 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 a sh by the sheep gate, there was a pool, and there was many sick people there. And an angel would go down, and he would stir the waters. And they were lame there, paralyzed, sick, all types of stuff. Right? And every time he stirred up the water, whoever stepped in it first was made well of whatever disease, whatever, whatever was going on. So let's go to John 5, 5. Let's read this. And go back and read this story. I can't go throughout the whole, you know, because of time. I'm kind of condensing, condensing it, but it says this. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. I don't know about you, but 38 years is a long time to be carrying something. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him this, do you want to be made well? Okay. And the sick man answered, sir, I have no man. Underline that. Remember that. 
I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Now let's stop. Let's just break that down really quick. Sir, I have no man. Who are you relying on? Is that you in that story? Are you relying on someone else to do what he said I have fulfilled and done? See, the old things have passed. He set you free. He's healed your heart. He's done. He said he's given you sight to see. But sir, I have no man. How long have you been in that condition waiting? Many people today in that same condition as this man, maybe not physically paralyzed, but paralyzed nonetheless. You are waiting for something to happen, something to change. And what you don't realize is that change already came. His name is Jesus. The supply was already given for your need. You don't need a man. You need Jesus. You don't need a woman. You need Jesus. Some of you have been waiting and asking if he's going to do it, failing to see that he's already done it. The Lord gave me this. I want to share this with you. Comfort and compromise are the killers of faith. Comfort and compromise are killers of faith. When you're comfortable, see this man was on his mat. He was comfortable there. He was waiting for somebody to come by. Somebody do this for me. Somebody get me in the water. He forgot that somebody already came. It's right there. He asks him, do you want to be made well? Some of you are still holding on to some stuff. I want to ask you today, do you want to be made well? And if your answer is yes, then I'm going to tell you what Jesus told that man. Rise up. Take that mat, and guess what that mat represents? Everything that's been keeping you comfortable. Everything that's been keeping your mindset in that situation. Everything that's been holding you back. Take that up and walk. Everybody's sitting down waiting for something to happen. We can't sit around and wait any longer. We got to get up and do something that you've never done before. I dare you. I dare you to have faith. See, comfort and, and compromise will kill your faith. Oh, no, but, 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 but you know, I keep trying to go, and it's not my turn. And, and, and I try to go, and I try to do, Pastor Ned, but, but, but you're comfortable in the mess. You're comfortable there. The reason why I believe that God told him, that Jesus told him, rise up, take up your mat, and walk, because if he would have left the mat there, he had something to go back to. There's nothing to go back to when you take the mat and you walk with it. It's time to get out of that place. It's time to get to where God is taking you. Hallelujah. Oh, some of you are missing this today. Come on. God is speaking to you. It's time to leave that place. What's that place? Whatever hindered you before, whatever stopped you before, whatever you were clinging on before, whatever God did, wasn't for you before, whatever the old system was before, whatever you lacked before, whatever wasn't happening before, and start looking at what did happen freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ. You could play. John 14, 1 says this, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe and adhere to and trust and rely on God. 
Believe in, adhere to, and trust, and rely also on me. What Jesus has done in us is complete. It is his word. <laughs> it is his truth. And many read it and don't, they see it and they don't understand. It reminds me of the story of the Samaritan woman. And Jesus was on a journey and he stopped by this water, the well. And there's a woman that comes. She's going to get water to drink. She doesn't know him. She doesn't recognize him. All she's focused on is getting the water. And then that he asked her for water. She, all she was focused on was, he's a Jew and a man. I'm a woman. I don't even know why he's talking to me. And Jesus says something interesting to her. Let's go to John 4.10. Jesus said, if you, if you had only known and had recognized God's gift and who this is that's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him instead, and he would, and he would have given, it to you, given you living water. Now, she's still focused on water, on the situation. And he's trying to speak into her life. And then verse 11 says, she said to him, Sir, but you have nothing to draw with, no drawing bucket, and the well is deep. How then can you provide living water? Where do you get your living water? Now here's Jesus again. Jesus told her, All who drink of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever takes a drink of the water that I will give him shall never, no, never be thirsty anymore. But the water that I will give him shall become a spring of water, welling up, flowing, bubbly, continually within him unto, um, unto, into, for eternal life. And the woman says, Sir, give me this water so that I may never get, get thirsty nor come to continually all the way here to draw. So she's still focused on the water. Still focused on the water. This woman does not understand what Jesus is saying. And then Jesus does something really interesting. At this, verse 16, Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband come and come back here. And the woman answered, I have no husband, Jesus. And Jesus said to her, You have spoken truly in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. Talk about being in your business, okay? And the man you are now living with is not your husband. In this you have spoken truly. The woman said, Sir, I see. All of a sudden, something's shifting there. And I understand that you are a prophet. See, now she's beginning to get her aha moment. She's beginning to see some things. And he continues the conversation with her. Let's go to verse 25. And the woman said to him, I, you know, he was telling her in the conversation, he's talking to her about, about Jerusalem and, and praying and, 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 the, and Jesus coming. And she said, the woman said to him in verse 25, I know that the Messiah is coming. He who is called the Christ, the anointed one. And when he arrives, he arrives, he will tell us everything we need to know and make it clear to us. And Jesus said to her, I who now speak with you am he. Jesus reveals himself. Verse 28, And the woman left her water jar and went away to the town, and she began telling people, Come see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Can this be? Is not this the Christ? Must this not be the Messiah, the anointed one? And then this is what happened. The people left the town and set out to go to him. 
Have you ever fell in love with a product, with something that you really, you like, oh man, the newest gadget, and you can't wait to tell everybody, you blast it on Facebook, you put, oh my God, the most amazing thing happened to me, and you're putting it and you're shouting it. Well, that's what happened. She starts shouting, listen, there's a man, I went to drink water, and now he's telling me about my life, and he's giving me all this stuff that's gonna happen, it's gonna be good, and I've come to tell you all, come, 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 come hear this man. When you have something good, and when you know what Christ has done for you, there's no way you can hold it back for yourself. You have to start sharing it. So what happened? The people left to go to him. And the Bible says that they believed in and trusted in him because of what the woman said. But that's not enough. They wanted to meet with him themselves, and he stayed there for two days. Now look at verse 41. This is where we're going to close. Then many more believed in, adhered to, and relied on him because of his personal message, what he said himself. And they told the woman, now we no longer believe, trust, have faith just because of what you said. For we have heard him ourselves personally, and we know that he truly is the savior of the world. Now no longer did they believe in, adhere to, or rely on what somebody else was saying. They believed in and adhered to and rely on him because of what he said. Now what did he say? What did he say? Do you believe in, adhere to, and rely on for what he said? I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to listen to this. This is what he said about you. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to you. He sent me to heal you, brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to you that have been captive. I came to give you sight that you may see and know who I am. I came to set you free, those have, who have been oppressed. I came to restore all they've stolen from you. I've come. I am he. Keep going, Luke. Keep your eyes closed. Receive this this morning. I have came to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I've come. I accept you. I've come to heal you. I've come. Will you stop holding on to the past? Will you allow me entrance into that area where no one's been allowed before? Will you allow me to do what I've already done? Would you allow it to manifest in your life? Will you allow it? what I came to do for you. And now believe it personally for yourself. Not through what anyone else says. Because I said it. I have done it. There is no disease, there is no sickness, there is no pain, there is no hurt, there is no guilt, there is no shame, there is nothing too hard for me, says the Lord. Nothing. 
I have fulfilled it for you. Receive it. Walk in your freedom. Walk in your freedom. For this is what I came to.